Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. Welcome to Walzer Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets. Uh, very best place on the planet to be on Thursday mornings in the upper Midwest. Uh, we've got some return customers here, so we won't be doing our traditional uh, first car stories. We'll just get right into the meat of it. <laughs> to my immediate right... Hey, it's Peter Bourne. Hi, guys. And... Nick Sterling. Andy Brant-Bernard. Mike Gelfand. Thomas M. Bernard. The Menards man. Menards! That's Menards! <laughs> You're going to have to tell that story. Yeah, now. you should yeah, tell I'll the story so people know what story. the hell we're talking about. Andy's in third grade. Alex is in first grade. Roger's elementary. All the kids are very excited. We want to meet your dad. God, we love your dad. Could you have him come to school someday? And we just love to meet him. So I go to school to pick my kids up. Every kid's got this sad look on their face. They thought I was the Menards man. <laughs> you know, Bernard, Menard, what the hell's the difference? You know, what little kid wouldn't want to meet the Menards well, exactly. Oh, they three. were 11% less impressed. Okay. 11%. 11%. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean. Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Tommy, do you guys read a lot of poetry on the queue? You mean like, there once was a man from Nantucket? No, more like T.S. Eliot. April is the cruelest month, breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain. At... Dougie, what's wrong? You a little sad? No, other than the weather, nothing's wrong. In fact, in the walls of world, Coon Rapids and Burnsville finish number one and two in the state of Minnesota. J.Lo finally beat Dan Resch. Wow, that's pretty cool. Is it okay if I take all the credit? Well, I'd expect nothing less. Actually, we've got great inventory of some great vehicles, and these short-term leases are perfect for people who can't get the brands that they want. You told me about those. You can drive a new Nissan for as little as 18 months, and by then the chips will be aplenty. That's it exactly. We hope by then you'll be a Walzer Nissan convert. For great deals from the Minnesota sales leaders, go to Burnsville or Coon Rapids Nissan. When my daughter and my youngest stepson were probably eight or nine, we were driving somewhere, the four of us, and they started imitating Tom Shane in the backseat. Oh, oh, no. Tom, Tom Shane. To hear an eight-year-old kid do that is pretty dang funny. It's I got I got to tell you about a, a, a text I got uh, from a friend this morning. He goes on, I don't know, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. You did hear what Ron DeSantis did, right? Oh, he shipped a bunch of people to, like, China or, well, or New I'll York? I'll tell or... you where. Because oh, China I saw that New York, morning, they blamed it on me. On you? Yeah, I what? got a text saying, 
yeah, you and your Republican buddies. I'm like, first of all, I'm not a Republican. I'm the centrist. But secondly, yeah, I see that you got out of Martha's Vineyard just in time. Well, that's kind of a coincidence. What? Ron DeSantis sent two plane loads of illegal immigrants to Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> <laughs> it starts a bad trend, but it's also pretty funny. It's funny, but it's not a good idea. I'm like, whoa. They parachute them in? No, they landed right at the airport, apparently. Wow. But yeah, I, I'll I apparently see was, you're my pillow guy and raise you a couple of plane loads of immigrants right. to Martha's Vineyard. I'm assuming the immigration service move. in Martha's Vineyard is not really up and running. <laughs> right. Nah, right. Not a lot to worry about. It's there. a high priority. Not a lot to worry. But wow. I just got a guy tries to blame me for it. It's like yeah. what? That is pretty funny. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I just got out of there. Hey, Catherine, we got to go. All the immigrants are coming. <laughs> oh man. Hey, I'm happy for the the, the people across the border, man. They got to got to go to. Martha's Vineyard much younger than I did. I had to wait till now. Yeah, no, that's great. You might have to get used to the $40 hamburgers. But you know, well, that's that. going to be a little spendy. But I tell you what, the tip of the cap to the people of Massachusetts. They stepped up and said, okay, let's take care of them. Great. Well, so that's good to hear. Well, that's the only state that's more liberal than, than yeah, that's, Minnesota. You yeah, do know that, that right? True. Although they have a Republican governor, which is unusual. Yeah, he's been, what, three terms? Yeah, yeah and, they and, love him. And, you know, the, the, the funny thing about it is that our economy, as ailing as it is, would come to a complete halt without immigrants. Well, without immigrants, yeah. even going back 250 years. Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, there's you look at the economy and all the jobs that no one wants. Yeah, well, that's the, you're right. Nobody, nobody will take those jobs, Mike. They won't do it. Well, especially, you know, if you actually have to be at an, like a, an office or a building or, well, basically anywhere. Yeah, no, it's basically anywhere. There are so many things now that just never get done. It's unbelievable. Yeah. What are you going to do? So listen, I, I wanted to stay at Martha's Vineyard longer, but when I heard... <laughs> there were going to be God. foreigners there? The only time I've been at Martha's Vineyard and I get blamed for bringing in a bunch of immigrants. It's like, what? what? That but as Mike pointed out, I should get credit. Now the work's all going to get done. That's right. <laughs> There's open, always a silver lining. I'm going to open <laughs> Burger Kings there. We should talk about why our guests are here. No, no, so. Charburger with a side of subpoenas. <laughs> a side of subpoenas, baby, surrounded by the FBI and Hardee's. They kind of write themselves. Like where, where's the least likely place you'd find the FBI? And, and not agree. even in the restaurant. Oh. It was in Mankato, though, so that's good. Yeah, well, that's Cato good. Town. Cato Town. Love Mankato. I'll tell you what, I was in St. Cloud yesterday. I haven't been there in a while. Mm-hmm. What a great town that is. It's a lovely town. I love St. Cloud, is. man. Just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Up there hanging out with Michael Bryant up mm-hmm. in his office up in St. Cloud. So that was the negative part of it. Yeah, well, it's, it's got a guy's got to work. <laughs> a guy's got to work. Anyway. So Mick has wanted to come in and talk about some uh, concerts it. and charity work that he's doing. Yeah, and Peter, thank you. For those that don't know, Mick Sterling is famous Twin Cities musician, founded a, just a great band 30 years ago with the Stubbers. Uh, it'll be uh, so long 34 ago you can't remember. years ago. Okay. It was when we started. Almost 33 as long years as Tom's ago. been on the morning show. What morning show? What are you talking about? <laughs> Hundred days, baby. Hundred days. Yeah, and the it's not ninety-two point five. Like yeah. To my right is hours. Uh, well, well, maybe that. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I bet the under anyway. So yeah. Anyway, sorry. To my right is Peter Bourne, who worked at KQ in the heyday of the station back oh, in yeah. the nineties when they had actual budget to do really wild stuff. Until uh, like a certain company bought the place. Yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to go there. Why not? 
And and Peter <laughs> is a musician and has just this wonderful. It's a it's a great story that he told in a previous episode. He and his wife brought the sunken. 80, 70 foot long houseboat boat back great. to life, turned it into a, the world's only mobile floating recording studio. It's amazing. And he also has some charity work that he and his wife do. And Mick and Peter are, are very good friends. So yeah, I thought that's this, right. He just, oh, Peter happened are? to call Tuesday. He'll, yeah, he'll admit it. Yeah, he'll well, admit Mick it. got married on I'll admit it boat. right now. We're friends. <laughs> <laughs> just yesterday, Mick was on the morning show and he mentioned Peter. I said, Oh, that asshole. <laughs> I didn't know they were friends. <laughs> Such a fine line. <laughs> was, it, was it before or after I made that calming CD with the, uh, the screen at 20 minutes? Exactly. Anyway, sorry. Uh, yeah, no problem. So, Mick, what's cooking? What are you up to? Oh, man, there's a lot going on. I mean, I, actually, I'm, I'm doing one of my shows on Peter and Michelle's boat on Monday. Right. Uh, Rolling on the River is the thing. And I just debuted this new Elvis Costello show. Oh, that's great. That we're doing. And Steve Price and Steve uh, Brancic from the suburbs are in it. Peter's in it. Peter Gerton on piano. It's just an amazing show. So we're doing it on the Joyful Noise Performance Recording Ship this Monday. Yeah. At, uh, what's it, 6.30 start time? 6.30, yeah. Uh, yep. We're boarding. We're staying at the dock, but, you know, you just go to riverboatstudio.com, and there's a place to get the tickets there. We, uh, we're, we're selling them uh and right there, but the idea is that it's gonna—it's a great show. I get to play the cheesy keyboard, you know, on on, on Elvis Costello. It's a farfisa. Like, it's a farfisa yeah, in a box. Oh my god! And I—I I, so own great. that. That's my instrument. And Peter Gerton is. Uh, These songs are amazing. Yeah. The piano, I mean, the piano player, and the attractions. Oh my, is ridiculous! A and then you got and Peter. Peter and nails I, that stuff. I have a question for you. Yeah. Was 96 Tears the first song with the Farfisa organ? I think it's it had to be the first popular song. That's with what it. I'm thinking. Yeah. So it was either that or the Garland Jeffries does a great version of that too. Sun featured that as well. Oh, God, I love it. Right. And they were probably about the same time. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, the cool thing—the right. cool thing is, it's, it's like you, we have 50 seats, so you get up close and personal with the band, and you've got this great view because it's floor-to-ceiling windows around that surround it. You see the river. Now, Tom, you just got off of a river trip, I, I hear. Is that right? Did you do something down to St. Louis on a biking? Well, that was last year. That was last year? But it was phenomenal. We talked about yeah, that a little bit. Yeah, it sounded amazing. Boy, when you go by Dubuque, Iowa... Oh, yeah. You look up and say, my God, that city's beautiful from the river. Yep. But there's it's, a thing called the Ice Harbor. We're actually going yeah, down there next yeah. year, and we are going to do programming through Unlocked Mission, which is going to allow people to record records right on the boat, uh, youth and adults. And we'll have all the kinds of tools there for them to, to, to track and, and make a record of original music. It's just going to be so phenomenal. I did so, my audio book on the boat. Yes, that's right. Last summer, where and I, I wrote it in front of a... I read it in front of a live audience to like two and a half hour sessions. It was great. Yeah. It was really, it's such a unique thing. So do you guys have, have any tickets available for the show Monday? Or you know is what? it sold out? No, uh, we're getting close. So I tell you what, riverboatstudio.com. And maybe I can, here's the deal. Um, somebody hits me up there. They can go to that site and click in and just text me. I have a couple of, uh, I got a pair of tickets I'll give away for free. It's great. For that Ooh, show. Nice. Yeah. So just it's call 989 
Or nine eight nine. Well, you could actually call five six one two two eight four zero six one. Oh, that's your talking text line, isn't it? It says it right there. It's yeah, right there. I'm reading. This it. is what we call uh, a visual uh, cue. Peter can't read. Yeah. Okay. I don't think there's going to be. I don't think there's going to be reading involved. For those, reading. Reading. <laughs> For those that are curious, the boats at the, the boats at Watergate Marina, which is in St. Paul, it's about maybe two or three miles southeast of the airport. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's it's in town. This it's is a great. Really right by Fort Snelling and uh, the Buka that's there on the corner Shepherd Road. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yep. Come I was on. saying to, to Tom yesterday and on the morning shows like I, parts of these when you're there I didn't even know things like that existed. It's a whole. When you go world. down the river, you, it's a yeah. whole different yeah. world. There's it marina is. going up and down the river. It's such an, and Watergate an amazing Watergate is thing. The, the actual pirate cove of the Mississippi. I mean, it's just a collection of oddball boats. There it's was great. a pirate ship down there for yeah. a couple of years. Yeah. yeah, it's great. Yeah. What the hell is this? So we should do a podcast, a fall cruise down to St. Paul from Watergate. We'll just bring everybody oh, on board. God, and let's do it. That'd be awesome. I'd love yeah. to do that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So that's uh, that's part of what's going on in the world of Unlocked Mission, which is the nonprofit unlockedmission.org. Uh, we are raising awareness and you know providing the opportunity for music uh, transformative power of music and education. And uh, so we have sponsorships and and uh, we sponsor groups and individuals to come on and record records and and promote. And then in the meantime, uh, the boat actually serves as a uh, as a platform for great concert series that we're doing, Rolling on the River, with, and some of the shows have Mick and in both your wife Kate has also Kate done too. Amy, yep. and so yeah, it's been a lot of fun, and uh, that kind of dovetails into what Mick is doing. I mean, you are just everywhere. You are. Yeah, everywhere. I'm doing a lot of stuff. It's fun. You, behind, uh, you are working a lot. Are you behind on the mortgage, or what's going I'm on? I'm always behind on <laughs> the mortgage of life. That's nice. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm actually doing a lot of things, d- different concert series. I, we talked about the Chart House Live series that's happening at Briano's Chart House. It starts tonight, and we're doing it every Sunday and Thursday. So it's in Lakeville, right? Yep, in Lakeville, and it's newly remodeled. It's been around a long time, but Briano's uh, purchased it, and it looks fantastic in there. And they've got a great stage, and they bought a brand-new sound system. And um, and so I'm bringing in shows, 7 o'clock shows, uh, kind of bands that play at Crooners and Dakota and Chanhassen. But there's really nothing like that in the South Metro. There's nothing like that. So you got all of these, you know, Faribault and Owatonna and Burnsville and Lakeville, Prior Lake. This is a place that people can come to now, have a nice dinner, you see a great show, 7 o'clock show, very simple. So it starts tonight, and um, if people want to get tickets, they can go to charthouserestaurant.com and then click on Charthouse Live Tickets, and you can see the schedule through the end of December. And uh, I'm very, very excited about it. I think it's going to be a great, a great series. Just 225 people that can be there, so it's very intimate, and um, it sounds terrific. We did a little sound check in there on Tuesday just to test the new gear. And thank God it all works, so that's great. <laughs> Wait a minute. You you tested it out before the gig? I know. I know. I'm growing up. Speaking of growing up, everybody gets to be in bed by 10 o'clock. That's right. That's right. So that's that a beautiful right. thing because our demo is not staying up fast I enough. Do, well, I do like the fact that a lot of bars are starting earlier. Not all of them, but yeah. I, you know, that was the one thing when I did it that I, I just hated getting home at 3 in the morning, <laughs> reeking of cigarettes, and it's just, yeah, it's I, it's very odd. We just did the Bunker Show, uh, the Stud Brothers, a few months ago. That's the first time I played starting at 9.30. Yeah. 
Ooh. and played till one for a very long time, and, <laughs> yeah. and I was Feeling done it? the next day. I was I was done. Speaking <laughs> of bunkers, I saw that I know Dylan Sulfur a little bit. He's just a young, fire-breathing guitar player. He's just he's, he's a just monster. a wizard, and he's probably what twenty-five or so. Yeah, yeah, and he you know he plays a lot with Bernard Allison, and he's yeah. I think he's really he's going to be. Huge. He's going to go somewhere. He's Derek Trucks. Yep. He's, he's the young Derek Trucks, yep. for so sure. The video he posted, and he's also a gearhead. He's got a Porsche and a AMG oh, I know. I know. Mercedes E55. So he's out in front of bunkers uh, in the the black AMG. It's a hot rod version of the car that he used to have. Right. It's like right. 650 horsepower. And he goes, come to bunkers and do a burnout. He just smokes it all the way down <laughs> Washington Avenue. Oh, Lord. <laughs> well... Young and wealthy and talented and good-looking, why not? <laughs> yeah, so, you know, that that's one thing. There's another concert series that uh, that is going to be a monthly thing that we started last summer. It's called the Remembrance Concert Series. And it's, it, <coughs> it, it, it honors and remembers veterans. And we've been doing it at the VFW in Bloomington in their mm-hmm. event hall. We did The it one with the helicopter out front? Yeah, 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 and it turned out to be a, gr- a terrific series. We just did one last Friday at the Shakopee VFW event hall, so we're going to be starting that um, one Friday every month from October through May of next year at the Bloomington VFW. All of my a collection of my shows, um, and it's, it's terrific. And, and we we the Thirty Days Foundation, the charity that I run. On those nights, whatever we raise, we we donate fifty percent to in Bloomington the place called Folds of Honor, which is a really terrific veterans organization. And then the one we just did in Shakopee, we donated to uh, Beyond the Yellow Ribbon, South of the River um, uh, veterans organization. So really excited Who runs about that those concerts. Club in, in Bloomington because they do they they do a terrific job. I think it's really it's one of the few VFWs that really is set up as a music. They're venue. open six nights a week for yeah. music. I mean, yeah. they, uh, you know, since the, the Fongs closed yeah. just last week or oh, a couple of weeks ago. All right. Love I, it. Yeah, Love I mean, that's it. a legendary place. I think that's going to serve as the as the replacement for people, that VFW. Yeah. Because they have, you know, we've, we've booked, McSterling Presents has booked a lot of, you know, Paul Mayasich is there and Vandell's there. There's a lot of really great acts that play there now. I think Jim Stairs runs a blues jam there every yeah. Sunday, I think. Yeah, there's a lot of music in that VFW. And and so this Remembrance Concert Series, um, it, it went really, really well. So we're, we're looking forward to starting that again on October 28th. We're doing my Hall & Oates show, as we were talking about Hall & Oates, and yep. that's a great show. Um, I'll tell, tell a funny story about Jimmy. So Mike Gelfan and I both drove taxi in the cities, and I know Jim. To say we're friends is probably overstating it, but we know each other pretty well. And he also drove cab, and I thought it would be kind of fun to have the three of us on the podcast, and we'll just tell cab driving stories, oh, which wow. are fabulous. Oh, wow. Great idea. <laughs> yeah, Jim got lost. He couldn't find the studio. So what is the irony of a former cab driver not being? Yeah, a... there's a shock. <laughs> he didn't have his, uh, what is it, map book that we used that's to have. the old that, Hudson. The Hudson. Yep, that's right. Yeah, that's what we used, yeah. yeah. I was definitely, I was in the limo world. I worked for Henderson Limousine at ah, the, for a while. God, I just saw a limo tip yesterday for the first time in about two years. Yeah, we're, They're we're gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's all Uber and yeah, yeah. they're all they're all like party buses or uh, you right. know the executive right. limo buses with a pole. Well, yeah. and they stopped <laughs> the they pole. the pole. They stopped building the town car twelve years ago. That was the other thing that yeah. killed it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I was probably the the worst cab driver in town. <laughs> Not I, you. Well, I was in the competition anyway. 
people would say, yeah, you know, I need to go to Blaine. And I'd say, I, it's like I'd heard of Blaine, you know, but I mean, uh, I'd, Jewish community. You said why? Why? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Why blame? The Temple of Doom up there. <laughs> the temple for my of people. Doom. And, uh, oh, God. So I'd just say, I'd say, well, how do you usually get there? I like it. Yeah. That's a good move. Oh, Sometimes good. they'd say, well, I've never actually been there before. <laughs> Problem is, this town has got Maplewood and Maple Grove. you got to yeah. make sure you hit the right oh, one. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's, a, that's, yeah, that's yeah. a bit of a stretch if you miss the, right, the, 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 the name. The best days to drive a cab are always when there's a heavy fog. Because then you can turn the flag off. Oh, yeah. And the, the inspectors can't see yeah. that you've got someone in there. And there. So that's called high flagging. When high you, flagging. When yeah. you uh, get money out of a passenger but don't share it with your employer. Or it's also what? known as theft. That's so cold. That's <laughs> nice maybe a little yeah. strong. Yeah. It's, it, what I would always say, I didn't do it that. I only did it a couple of times. But it is amazing how your ethics crumble after about two weeks of driving a cab. Was that the VIG? You were just getting your VIG. Yeah, I was just getting the VIG. Okay. Yeah, and I'd I'd say, uh, do you mind if uh, do you mind if this one's uh, for me, not the company? You know, something like that. All right. Yeah. Generally, I never heard anyone. No one ever reacted with indignation because I, of course, say, of course, you're going to get a twenty percent discount. So we shared oh, in the crime. You did share in the yeah. crime. I didn't, like I say, rarely did it. Once, I, I, twice, maybe. I was okay. trained by a guy who was probably 70, and when you were a new cab driver, you first have to ride around with somebody who sort of shows you the ropes. And he did okay. I mean, it's not that complicated a job, but he says, uh, what are you doing Sunday morning? I said, well, I don't know, I'm sleeping. He goes, wait, well, let, uh, come down, I'll, we'll go out for a couple hours. I'll show you how you can make some extra money. Ah, yes. Okay. <laughs> the back of the LTD uh, in the trunk is loaded with liquor. And he goes down to Danny's Bar <laughs> nice. on 9th in Chicago and starts honking God. the horn. And all these alcoholics come out everywhere. They can't wait for the bars to open because that's noon. And he just cleaned up. I'm like, <laughs> there you go. What a you. lovely, lovely man. <laughs> yeah. Remember those old days, though? What was the name of the, what, the carousal? What was the name of that? The carousel. The carousel next carousel. to Mousy's, yeah. right? The Mousy's and the carousel. That's God, like Mousies. the first bar that I ever went into. Was Mousy's? Was uh, the carousel. Oh, the carousel, okay. Yeah. And, uh, like, I, I didn't know any better. So when the guy, you know, when the dispatcher said, yeah, you know, we uh, we need a pickup here at uh, at Ninth and Hennepin or wherever yeah, it was. Yeah, about ninth, ninth or tenth and yeah. Hennepin somewhere in there. So uh, I I went in. I was hoping the fear was outside, but it wasn't. And I walked into the oh, bar, and I God. like I oh, never God. seen anything like it. There were like no. 200 people there. You know, fire marshal thing. Well, you can have 80 people in there. Right. There were like 200 people in there. And I said, Yeah, I'm looking for Jimmy. Called for a cab, and the bartender just pointed. He didn't say anything. <laughs> Point any over there, he said, and uh, and uh, eventually I figured out that 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 the the guy I was supposed to pick up was the one who was sleeping on the floor. Of course, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so that was it. Went it got even worse after that. 
My dad bowled for Mousies. He did? I love it. He had a Mousies bowling shirt. Yeah, oh, he, he was God. in a Mousies oh, bowling team. Imagine what you could get on eBay for that today. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Mouse, I didn't even think about that name until right now. Mousies, baby. Well, all of Hennepin <laughs> Avenue had legendary places. My oh, first yeah. place was Moby Dick's. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Moby Dick's. That's you know. where you could become paralyzed if you said said the wrong thing. Ixnay, <laughs> that yeah. was a buddy of mine. I'm Ixnay. sorry. <laughs> I, I will never forget. Honestly, God, my buddy Chuck. My, I got big hands. His hands were like two inches bigger than mine. Mm-hmm. It's huge fists, right? Mm-hmm. So I go in there one time and oh, I'm talking to him. Was, was he Prince's bodyguard? No, different oh. guy. Oh, that was a different guy. Well, actually, okay. he was for a while, though, if you're talking about He's not one of the real big guys. It wasn't yeah, Chick. His name was Chick. Chick. Oh, yeah, Chick. Chick. Right. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking about Chick. About Chick. Chick, yeah. Chuck, 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 Chuck did some security as well. I think he did help out on Prince once, but I walk in and I see Chuck in there and we're schmoozing. And this guy just won't stop threatening some other guy. You want to go outside? I'll kick your ass. And, just, and Chuck looks at me and goes, oh, God, I'll be right back. So he goes over and he puts his arm around again. He goes, buddy, you got an option. Oh, yeah, what's my option? Well, you can go out the front door and go home or go out the back door and go to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> the guy went out the front door. Wow, reason, so was, you're reasoning. Yeah. Reasoning, he reasoned with the almost, guy. Almost conciliatory. You don't want to get hit by Chuck, man. Get hit in the mush with that fist. Woo! So the guy was pro-choice. <laughs> yeah, there you go. My downtown story was uh, where Mackenzie's is now. It used to be called the Speakeasy. Oh, yeah. And me yep. and Peter Gurton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're 14. God. We have 10 cents left. It's like... Nine o'clock at night on a Saturday. We have no money. We took the Medicine Lake bus lines down oh, yeah. downtown. We have no money. I go up. I know where my dad is. You know, he, no, he was at the speakeasy. Oh, he's at the speakeasy. He's at the speakeasy. Okay. So Peter and I sit in there from like nine to midnight, and this guy, just this stupid legendary line of me and Peter's, was sitting there watching everybody drink and watching my dad drink. And this guy comes up to us and goes, "I've been drinking too heavy." I've been drinking too heavy. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> say, I've been drinking too heavy. <laughs> God, that's God. phenomenal. Yes, <laughs> you were like, how old at this point? Oh, 14. Oh, my God. Going, oh, my God. When are we getting out of here? Imagine <laughs> right. that. A cross-cultural paradise. Yeah. If you're fascinated by aliens, ghosts, cryptid creatures like Bigfoot, then I have the show for you. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Each week, we investigate different claims of the supernatural, bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world. Listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Tune in, Pocket Casts, Deezer, Amazon Music, Audible, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President at North American Banking Company. And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company. As a community bank based right here in the Twin Cities, we believe in taking the time to get to know our customers and their businesses. And part of that is hiring and cultivating a team of experienced lenders. When your business banks with us, you're not training in a new inexperienced banker. In fact, our bankers have worked with many of the same customers for years, earning their trust. We get to know you and your business, and you get to know and rely upon us. When your business is looking to capitalize on an opportunity or solve a problem, we'll be here to help you. Tom here. I know Brad and Mike, and I trust that with my banking, they've personally delivered on everything they've just said. 
So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. Was it, Mike, we used to talk about the copper squirrel all the time. The I remember squirrel, that. Yeah. The squirrel was down there. <laughs> Boy, there were some bars down there. Oh, oh yeah. Remember the filling station? No. Where was that? <clears throat> that was about 12th and Annapin. Really? It's, yeah. The filling station. Yeah, it was a big, mm-hmm. it, it looked like all pimp cars in front of it for two blocks. Or Eldorados with the big Continental spare tires on them. 12th and Annapin. Yep. On the Loring. Uh, Loring Park side of, of Boy, I don't uh, remember that place yeah. at all. Isn't that a college there now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what the college is there. Yeah. Also, that where St. Thomas is or something? No. Uh, Mini- is it Minneapolis? Uh, it's Minneapolis Community College. Oh, yeah. it's Community College. Yeah. Co- oh, there. Yeah, okay. I know yeah. what you're talking about. Okay. What were those joints like, you know, like Rusty Nail, like off 100 in St. Louis Park? It, those that places. That was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. What other? Because I remember the Rusty Nail. Was that like on the right corner when in. in I'm not sure. I think it's like where Chipotle is now or something. Yeah, yeah, that's where it was. It was, it was in that area right off well, 3600. Jennings. Yeah, Jennings, yeah. And, oh, uh, yeah, Jennings. There. And so, Classic. Yep. Classic. Oh, All that stuff. But yeah. what was it? Was it the Boulevard? And what was the other one that was on Highway 12? And they actually had an island in the middle of the, of the highway. Really? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember that? I was it the it. Boulevard? Or Turner's Crossroad. It was on Turner's Crossroad. Turner's Crossroad. Yeah, that's exactly right. right. But people didn't know this, but I knew it because of where I grew up. There was a special door for the, let me say, I don't want to use the word mafia. <laughs> <laughs> they had their own door and their own area of the bar that no one else could go into. Yeah, really. That was weird, man. My mom and dad used to work at The Point. The Point, in yeah. In Golden Valley. Absolutely. You know, and that place had to be... Full of debauchery. Oh, yes. <laughs> all the North Side people coming over yep. to Golden Valley, baby. That's all I know. In any, so look at this. All we, all we do is teach people how much better time their right. life has gotten. <laughs> Back when bar hopping was the only thing to do in oh, the God. upper Midwest. How about the... Uh, the $2.95 steak at Mr. Nibs. Mr. Nib- oh, oh, Mr. Nibs. Oh, Mr. Nibs. Oh, wow. Oh, I know 26 exactly and 26 yeah. area? 26 yep. and 20, yeah, the hub of there. hell. They call it the hub of hell because when they set up the liquor patrol district, <laughs> it, it, it went, you know, it was Hennepin Avenue basically on Lake Street. Yeah. But the hub of hell was sort of, sort of isolated from the liquor patrol uh, because the horses, I mean, this goes way back to when, you know, the liquor patrol limits were. Good horses, how old are you? They were, no, they were defined. Well, this thing went on for many years, okay. long past the horses. And so they, they, but they were defined by the liquor patrol limits, were defined by any area where the horses could get to easily. Really? Yeah. So well, but, I suppose, yeah, that makes but, sense. But it, the hub of hell continued on. Hub of hell. And because, you know, <laughs> you still couldn't get liquor licenses much past those streets, but the hub of hell was isolated. Not much, but a little bit, and so you had a certain subculture of, of hmm. bars that oh, yeah. sprang up there. Yeah, no doubt about it. 
God, these are great memories. I'm glad you who, – who brought this up? Because I love these memories. <laughs> They're all good. <laughs> little boy, because, again, I lived on Plymouth Avenue. I yeah. took a one-and-a-half-mile walk downtown almost every day. Yeah, it's when you could walk downtown and grab <laughs> exactly. the number four bus from uh, southwest Minneapolis for yeah. 10 cents and end up down oh, at God, Rifle Sport. Was, oh, was, man. Well, I love Rifle Sport. Rifle yeah. Sport. Loved Rifle Sport. you play the baseball game? Sure, well, yeah, sometimes. But that's where I learned to uh, gunch. Oh, gun- yeah, you know, gunching was and huge. And I learned to freeze the, What's the gunch? pinball. What's that? Gunch is when you, the, you just shove the hell out of the yeah. pinball machine. But if you gunching. shove it, oh. but each machine had its own sensitivity. Yes. It's tilt, tilt factor. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Some you could just really beat up, but some they would tilt just if you whispered on yeah. it. So you had to learn all that. Yeah, indeed. Yep. What was wow. the other one called? Playland? Playland, Playland. Yeah. Yeah, I remember Playland. Playland. Yeah, Playland. Playland had the better baseball machines. Rifle Sport had the better the better classic pinball machines, like get, the Gottliebs and the Valleys. I got kicked out of Rifle Sport, or not Rifle Sport, but Playland once. Because, you know, I know this is hard to believe, but I was kind of a smartass when I was a teenager. <laughs> Can't imagine for a second. Were you um, beating up the machine? No, I walked in, and the guy said, and I was 18 years old, mm-hmm. but he said it. You don't. You don't look old enough. What do you? You can't come in because you had to be 18 at certain times of the day to play oh, the really? game. Yeah, you had to be 18 years old, and it wouldn't let you in. Well, I used to hang no, out at those places like when I was 15. Oh yeah, absolutely. But the guy said, "Are you 18?" I said, "Yeah, I'm 18." He goes, "Show me your draft card." Now, Andy, you don't even know what a draft card oh, wow. is. <laughs> I know what it is. Well, well, yeah, it's it's not a rough draft it's card. Right in the name. <laughs> no, it, the well, draft yes, card. There is that. And smartass me, of course, said, "I burned it." Oh. I lasted about two more seconds. Oh, yeah. Wow. You can either leave out the front door or the back door. Exactly. Wow. I, I, it was a joke, for Christ's sake. I actually did burn my draft card, but it was not an act of protest. It's just an we're, accident? We were, no, we were listening on the radio in David Kolachi's basement as they called out the lottery numbers. Ooh. I was 1A at the time. My number was 356. And just impetuously, I took out my draft card and rolled a joint with it. There you go. Yeah. I was 27. Thank you. It's a little you. harsh. 27. Did you hear me? <laughs> 356. Yeah, well, some good guys thing I was get mentally ill, so I didn't have to go. No. <laughs> oh, he goes, yeah. He agrees Still with works me. today. Still works today. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Dougie. What? You know, I'm just watching. I know. It's, it's a ping pong awesome. volley we got going here. It is. This is great. But you know what? Looking back on where you grew up with a bunch of people who grew up in the same area is is wonderful. Mm-hmm. I mean, you must do that when you go back. Oh, sure. Back home. It's just all the great things that you used to, you know. And we still got a couple. Murray's is still where it's always been. Yes. I mean, I really, really still miss a couple of those other steakhouses. Yeah. Charlie's was just, oh, mm, my God, I loved going to Charlie's. When I drove cabbies to pick up the Mater Dia there, he called it Chuck's Truck Stop. Chuck's Truck Stop. <laughs> Take me to Chuck's Truck Stop. <laughs> did your folks work downtown as well? Was it? They did. Uh, I remember, like, the, the Blue Ox. The Blue Ox. Leamington yep. Hotel. Um, yes, Harry's was another great place I remember we went to. Oh, Harry's great. burned down. Yeah. Harry's yeah. on purpose. Yeah. A lot of great acts came in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was a scene. Who was the most famous person ever stayed at the old Leamington? I don't know. Come on. Well, it wasn't John Bob F. Short. Kennedy. I know that. John oh, really? Kennedy. Oh wow. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. Remember yes, that? stayed I at the Leamington because they used to. Bob Short was uh, he owned the Leamington. Yeah. Yep. And and he was a player in the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they used to have, like, DFL 
gatherings yes there. yes they did all the time and, and all the guys who were in town for the conventions would stay there too yeah they would i remember that because like i said my mother was a big big time democrat so i knew all that stuff and well i remember we wow. went down there one night to try to get a glimpse of jfk yeah oh yeah yeah absolutely it uh God, that was, those are great memories. That's great. And I've got to be honest with you, WCCO Radio was part of that whole deal. Because, sure. like, oh, my God, that's where WCCO oh, Radio was. Yeah. Yeah. It was a huge deal. You're looking up, it's the big tower with the letters on it. Honest to God, it's just, it was wonderful. Yeah. These are great memories, Doug. Good call. Well, yeah, it is kind of fun. Now, there are great clubs in town today. No, there still. are. They're just, no and some of them are it. the same. Bunkers has been around forever. Bunkers has been around. Mm-hmm. I, my favorite was always the caboose, and they don't. It's not the same scene that it was. Oh, really? No. Once in a while, it is, but it's generally just sort of a. a and the whiskey's done. Yeah, yeah the whiskey's done a long, long ago, but yeah. still, uh, yeah, it's 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 shifted for sure. Hook to and the la- in fact, uh, if there's, I'm sure there are music fans listening. There's a, a guy playing at the Hook and Ladder, which is. Lake and Minnehaha. Yeah, by Third Precinct, where yeah. it used to yeah, be. Yeah, right across the street yeah. from the burned down Third Precinct. Um, there's an uh, English guy playing there tonight named uh, Davy Knowles, who was just oh, he's horrific. A killer. I was saw that the him. Player? Yeah, saw we oh, interviewed him here, yeah, he and I saw him up Woo. at uh, New Hope Cinema Grill right before COVID hit. Right. Yeah. Oh right. And wow. This yep. he's just if he's, you like classic power trio yeah. music, nobody told Davy that that music's dead because he just he's. A badass, and he's a really, really nice guy. I talked to him yeah, at the gig really for about twenty minutes, and couldn't have been nicer. So that's at the Hook and Ladder, and that's tonight. I just popped up on my uh, thing. So. It is interesting that you know the transformation of where clubs were. I mean, when I started, you had a lot of bowling alleys that were clubs. Yeah, yeah. you know, Start and then bands would play there lot, five days a week, six days yeah, a week, nothing you know, two weeks at a time. Play a gig at a bowling alley, and, and now Stardust you have you know places like you know crooners and. Charthouse Live yeah. and you know all these places. I mean, they started seven o'clock. It's a whole different yeah. scene. Bunkers is really kind of the last holdout of yeah. starting at nine thirty. Well, everything else has changed. You know, when I was in yeah. my twenties, we'd get me and my buddy would get city pages out and go, "Okay, do we want to see Mary Jane? Oh, do mm-hmm. we want to see the Stud Brothers? Do we want to see Safety Last? We was, oh, who's good? Who's playing? It was yeah. just you had your pick of great bands to see, and and it's it's different now. It really is. Yeah. But, well, there's too much to do now. Yeah, that's right. You, you can watch a concert in your bathtub. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, you don't need to go out anymore. You just keep giving me great memories, man. What was the name of it? Down 26th and 26th. Mm-hmm. It was, I know it was like Maryland's for a while. What was well, it? Yeah. Was it? it was Duffy's. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, Duffy's. Duffy's, and then yeah. it became something. Norma, Norma Jeans. Norma Jeans. Yeah. Norma Jeans, that's there you go. And then go. it became Barrage. Nightclub for the night. Oh, yeah, days. Barrage. That was that so, was an era. That was a big old right. joint. Tom, you, you might know this. Trivia question. Who was arrested for obscenity at Freddy's Bar? John arrested F. Kennedy. <laughs> John F. Kennedy. He went in there. <laughs> F. I you people. Where's Suzanne Plachette? <laughs> Come on. This one is almost intuitive. This was wait be, a minute. No, we weren't old enough run to it by go, me again? go and... Who was arrested for obscenity at Freddy's downtown Minneapolis? Oh, would it be Lenny Bruce? Of course. Okay. Absolutely. Oh, wow. I've never heard of Freddy's. Absolutely. It's, I've never heard of it before. That'll do it. That's I, a great movie, too. I was never too. in the place. Yeah, with Dustin Hoffman? It is. God, that's he a great kills movie. That role. He does. He really does. Does his daughter still live here? Because I used to see him walking down Hennepin Avenue once in a while. Oh, really? Because his daughter lived here oh, for, I didn't know for that. a while. Yeah. But my great memory about Norma Jean's, it was Duffy's at the time. I got uh, the tubes in town. I'm working at Capitol Records at the time. I got the tubes in town, and I got Duran Duran on their very first American tour. Oh, wow. Right? 
So I'm talking to Simon Lebon and Nick Rhodes, two of the nicest guys. I haven't seen those guys in like 40 years now. It just makes me sad. I couldn't see them last two yeah, weeks ago they either. Just, they were supposed to they be. It rained out. Yeah, yeah it was a horrible out. storm. You were there, right? But, I was not there. Oh, okay. How about this action? So we decided what I would do is I would take Duran Duran to see the tubes at Northrop Auditorium and then take Fee Wayville to Feeble. see Duran Duran at Duffy's. What a day that was. Oh, my gosh. gosh. But I tell you one thing, Nick Rhodes, you know, a little tiny, not a very big guy. He's a very nice guy. But he goes, Tom, Tom, do me a favor. I want to go to, I want to have a Whopper. I said, what? He goes, I want a Whopper. I want to go to Burger King. I said, you want to go to Burger King? He goes, I heard a Whopper's are great. I said, you sure you want to go to Burger King? He goes, I want a Whopper. On 66th in Richfield, there, that sure. Burger King's always been there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, where it is. So we're sitting there. I bring him his, his whopper. He takes one bite and he puts it down his and he goes, Tom, I'm going to get some proper food. <laughs> <laughs> proper, not the whopper. Yeah, proper rather than the whopper. <laughs> Oh, man. That was a great life. Taking music, I will tell you, Mick, honest God, taking musicians around when they're really big stars is because, re- in general, 99% of them are really nice people yeah. who are just grateful as hell. Yeah. I mean, the you know Billy Squire was a great guy, to, except he always had a little like the white powder right here, yeah. and I didn't know what that was all about. Uh, yeah. So what is it? A little chapped lip? Is that what it was? Next to the cold sore. Herpes. Yeah. That was herpes. Yeah. Next to the cold sore. Yeah. I got a flare up. No, I actually drove Barry Gibb around when oh, the, yeah. the the Beatles, uh, the Beatles, the Bee Gees were doing yeah. their concert tour here, and I was driving a limo, and uh, the guys wanted to go to a gentleman's club. At the time, it was solid gold. Oh, yeah. And uh, so I'm taking Jonas Goldstein, the manager, with the briefcase. And Mike, who was the head of security, none of the Bee Gees were there, mind you, but it was the security guys. And they wanted to go out and go upstairs. And, and so I, I set it up. I said, well, that's great. So they said, Peter, you got to come up, too, and leave the car. So I'm standing there with them. And the bar closes down in Minneapolis at 1 a.m. Well, they weren't used to 1 a.m. They yeah, wanted to go till sure. 3. So they were getting belligerent. And, and, and then all of a sudden, All-Star Wrestling appeared. I think it was Ric Flair said, you're getting out right now. And Mike is like, he's, this Mike was a bouncer for ACDC as well. Next thing you know, it moves out to the street. And there's oh, a, God. Rick does the, the patented headbutt. And lands Mike in the hospital. I've got little Joan Skolstein running around going, this is not good. <laughs> and I, stay, you got to stay with me until we figure this out. And um, so that was a, that was a crazy time because um, here I am, dr- the driver for Barry most of the time. And none of the brothers rode together. It was everybody had their own little sure. situation at that point, too. But, yeah, I ended up uh, getting a pair of ACDC tickets out of that because oh, it was the okay. same security for ACDC as it was for the Bee Gees from that part of the world, management. And that was a, that was a nice little payoff for helping Jonas make it through the night and get Mike out of jail. So. My driving of musicians was a few years ago. There was a, a fam- the Junker family in Stillwater um, decided to put their foot in the in the water for Sturgis, and oh, they built this God. gigantic thing called the Boneyard, and it was unbelievable. John Domigol got booked a bunch of the classic rock acts, and and they tried it for like I was there for 17 days. I was the artist contact, God. picked him up at Rapid City, brought him to the Sturgis back and forth. It's quite an experience. Uh, Great White was one of the bands, 
and Jack Russell, they, they come and they do like a four-hour sound check. I, I don't know what the hell they were thinking. Four hours. And then it's not a lot they, of they, dynamics in the great white music. No, but they right? it's pyrotechnics, right? No, I, I, I'm thinking, okay, this is interesting. The crew's going, oh, my God, you know? So Jack Russell, they're singing, and halfway through the show, Jack decides to do a commercial for whatever sunglass company that he's the spokesperson for. Now, I've just paid this band in cash a lot of money. I mean, it seemed like a lot of money to me. And the owner, the owner, the father was just screaming at me on the phone. Tell that, stop talking about his fucking glasses. <laughs> just like, just scream. I, I can't stop him from talking. Oh man, jeez. <laughs> yeah, it's a different world. I don't think people realize what a different world music is. They're not like you and me, Mick. You know that. It's an know. interesting. You know, every business has their unique. Uh, Idiosyncrasies. Well, yeah, speaking of which, the uh, reprise of Spinal Tap is coming out. I this heard fall. the follow-up movie. I can't wait to see that. Same That's... people making it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. The same oh, guys. God, that'll be wonderful. They got, they got like, kind of got, um, kind of got screwed out on the on the financial gain from that movie. It was oh, kind of really. Yeah, they got, yeah, they significantly. It's really? insane how little they made in that That's film. Too bad. Well, who would have thought? I, you know. I'm sure they had no idea no. that it was going to turn into a cult hit. Yeah. Well, that and then the, all the spin-offs. But Spinal Tap's yeah. coming back, and it's going to be I hope it's good. Rob Reiner or Marty DeBerge apologizing <laughs> for all the things that he led, misled the public on or whatever. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So Rob's back, and all of them are still doing it. I can't believe it. Except Fred, Fred's dead. He can't say Spinal Tap. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> he dies. What the hell's that? Uh, oh, I know. I don't know. I will. I would look it's for it. Yeah. <laughs> it's too much fucking raga. Too much raga. Raga. <laughs> I'm a huge Jeff Beck fan, but every time I look at Jeff, I have to go. You're Nigel Tufnell. Oh yeah, <laughs> the same dude. <laughs> he looks just like him. He does. That's how it should be, don't you think? Uh, what another great moment, you know, Mick. You got to. You and I have talked about this on the phone once in a while, but when I see you, it's like, in a way, I have a connection to my brothers. Yeah. Which I really, really enjoy. I, that's, Nick and I, Troy thank you were really for that. Good it's very kind of you to, to make that. But connection. it's true. It, it's so it's great whenever whenever you come in. But I would say this: you're all that's left because his best friends are both in prison. Oh really? Oh wow! <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, Northside guys, yeah. you know, <laughs> it'll happen. <laughs> oh God! But no. So I, I wanted to thank you for that. Cause well, you're very I welcome. See, it's like oh, it's Troy's. He was. Name. He was. Um, Troy was just such a. Um, Old school gentleman. Oh, he was. You know, yeah, when he when he was at the bar, he was like you. He, great. You know, great bartenders, great anything, any job. You know, if if they're really good at it, they get you in. You know, they welcome you yep. in, and you become yep. this this thing. And that's you know because when I met Troy, he was at Crooners. Yeah. And Crooner, and yeah. that's yeah. You know, I mean, I met him before that, but right. you know, the last few times, and you know, bartenders are really interesting entities. They're really important. They're they're like a psychiatrist. Oh, yeah. oh, there there are a lot of things to people, and a really good bartender is priceless because mm -hmm. you can You're get right. things out of you know you get you, you talk about yourself to that person, but that person has to have the the capacity to accept it. And Troy was Troy was that. He was great. Yeah, he was great. 
And, you know, as, as the youngest in the family, it, that's a weird deal to have six brothers and sisters and the youngest one dies first. Yeah. The hell is that? Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, but, you know, he, he lived an interesting life, I would say. Yes. <laughs> he had a little bit of fun out there. Yeah, but he did. He got it. He was funny, too. He was so funny. Yep. <laughs> one time we're out drinking with him, and he, he'd had a few, and some guy started lipping off. So Troy looks at me, looks at the guy, makes a fist, kisses his fist, and goes. <laughs> he points at the guy. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Whatever. That's, that's pretty good. It was hilarious. That's I good. Thought, the other guy didn't think it was funny, but I thought it was really funny. Yeah. Boy, if you've got a problem with nonverbal cues, you're in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> yeah really. Don't, don't do that to an Asperger's guy. <laughs> no, I said, no, you're right. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. Now, these are great memories. Everything you guys have talked about today is just, I love just even hearing about this stuff, whether it's music or venues or what the hell ever it is. Yeah. So it's, been, it's been my life since I was 11 years old when I was in a band, you know? So one that's the, a lot of years. One now. of the funniest stories along these same lines that happened, my stepbrother Dan Murphy from Soul Asylum yeah. was in on the show, and we were talking about Duffy's of all things. He goes, yeah, we hated playing there because the sound was just, it was really tough. It's a weird pineapple room. It's a weird room. You know, we called the the house uh, engineer Feedback Frank and blah, 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 blah. Well, this guy calls in who lives in Louisville, grew up in St. Paul, avid listener to both the morning show and all the podcasts. And he goes, yeah, tell me more about the recording, the, the sound engineer. And Dan's like, yeah, we called oh. him Feedback Frank because the monitors were all the time. It was his father. It was his father. We Louisville. all looked at each other like, oh, what are the odds? Of that? I mean, just about one in a trillion. Yeah, Joe, a I know you're town. listening. So Feedback Frank was Joe's father. But it was a tough room because of the way it was built. It was Yeah, it had a, the, the yeah. back room with the big domey. Yeah. yeah, it was very odd. It looked like it might have been a Polynesian thing. At one I saw Sussman Lawrence there. Oh, God. That was a great band. Oh, wow. Yeah. God, Peter, that was a great band. Yeah. Jeff and those Peter guys. Himmelman is incredibly talented. He is. Guy. I was actually, that's where I saw the Burbs. I was on, was it under, they did an all-ages show. And I asked my dad, can you take us down there? Because we didn't drive. And he was like, okay. My dad's 6'6", and he wore a trench coat and <laughs> sat at the front bar having a Coca-Cola watching people come in. And eventually the uh, management of Duffy's came over and um, excuse me, sir, are, uh, are you with the police force? <laughs> <laughs> and he just was sitting there waiting for me to come out of the back you know, with, with my friends. And we went and saw the Burbs. He had the knowledge of the show. It was a great time. You know, it was really cool. I just did this yesterday, too. So these great buildings, these old spaces, there's a spot in St. Paul, which is called the Temple St. Paul. And it's an old 1923 Masonic Hall. Oh, where, where really? Sure. And it's uh, out on, it's like 1170 James and, and Edgecombe, kind of that whole okay. area. And um, so that space um, down in the men's room has the most incredible reverb. Oh, you can possibly imagine. So I yesterday I took uh, three guys called the Royals. These are like seventy year old dudes. That's where you recorded that. Didn't you hear that? I, well, I heard it, but I didn't. Yeah. That's where you actually recorded. I it? set up my, oh my old God, microphones and I set it up in the men's room. And these guys, <laughs> doo wop guys, came down and said sincerely, and the echo in that room. But just the whole building wow. just had this uh, this time gone by kind of 
space and lore. I mean, just that kind of stuff. It was just was amazing. So any excuse to drag out a seventy-year-old ribbon mic and take it to St. Paul? That's what you did. Straight up. Yep. Or to hang out in the men's room. Well, we're going to call the album the men's room. Live from the men's room. Both. Both. Very, very fun. Stance, but that's another reference. It'll happen. Oh man, these are all great. Honest to God. You should do this more often on. It's a blast. That's where you're going to be doing yeah. your your benefit for the for your nonprofit, right? Right. So Unlock Mission is doing a uh, on November fourth. We're going to sell some tickets and having a, a great band mix going to help out with the, uh, the the benefit. But we're raising money for Unlock Mission, um, and we have all these opportunities. You can go on to unlockmission.org right now and donate. But how fun would it be to do have, have just a huge night of entertainment and um, and raise funds for music and education for the youth? You know, there's one other um, event we're doing, too. So Mike Vack, um, St. Paul Saints. He's been on the show several times. I haven't seen Mike So Mike, Mike gets well, a hold he of... sitting right there. Well, he must have been a year ago, actually. Yeah. Mike Vack gets a hold of um, uh, one of our board members. His name is Mike Stumval, and he runs an organization, which is a giving organization called Mike's of America. Which is funnier than hell. It's yeah, a bunch it's of a guys named Mike yeah. from so, all over the country so, to get together and do charity work. I'm surprised you're not in it. You should be. You know, they sent me a, a letter asking me not to attend. <laughs> Mike, could you not come? <laughs> So on the last home game, the last home game of the season at the Saints, we're starting the road to the record. Or Mike is starting road to the record with the Saints and Mike and Mike's of America. So people um, can show up to the Saints game, buy a ticket for the Mike section, and they can sign up. And so next year, at this time, they are going to have a Guinness Book of World Record attempt on May 24th at the Saints game with all Mikes. And and uh, they're going to try to get as many mics. I think it's three thousand. They're going to try to get one place at one time. But the cool thing about it is that uh, you know Unlock Mission is the named charity. So if you buy a ticket and go to the Mike's game on the twenty eighth of September and uh, uh, forthcoming games, we get a percentage to uh, to fund the nonprofit for UnlockMission.org. Cool. So go to um, yeah. Talk and text at 561-228-4061. And I think there's a couple of tickets we'll, we, we can give away for that, too. But the 28th of September is the road to the record. If you're fascinated by aliens, ghosts, cryptid creatures like Bigfoot, then I have the show for you. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Each week, we investigate different claims of the supernatural, bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world. Listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Tommy, do you guys read a lot of poetry on the queue? You mean like, there once was a man from Nantucket? No, more like T.S. Eliot. April is the cruelest month, breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain. Dougie, what's wrong? You a little sad? No, other than the weather, nothing's wrong. In fact, in the Walzer world, Coon Rapids and Burnsville finish number one and two in the state of Minnesota. J-Lo finally beat Dan Resch. Wow, that's pretty cool. Is it okay if I take all the credit? Well, I'd expect nothing less. Actually, we've got great inventory of some great vehicles, and these short-term leases are perfect for people who can't get the brands that they want. You told me about those. You can drive a new Nissan for as little as 18 months, and by then the chips will be aplenty. That's it exactly. We hope by then you'll be a Walzer Nissan convert. For great deals from the Minnesota sales, leaders go to Burnsville or Coon Rapids Nissan. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean. Bryant, what's the latest? 
Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant so let me show you something, because I know a lot of mics, and I always, every time I try to call one of them, this comes up in my contact list. Okay, hang on a second. got to put my cheaters on. Cheaters. Holy buckets. Wow. All right, we just got to take your phone. Yeah, no kidding. I'm going to get the FBI <laughs> on it. We're going to remove your phone right <laughs> now. <laughs> We're going to get a subpoena here. It's about four pages of mics. Well, I'm going to talk to you later. Okay, well, it's a good uh, connection. I, uh, I went to one Saints game. Yeah, and uh, you know, there's a lot going on there. The baseballs, you know, it's just fair, but <laughs> right. but yeah, they don't I go there for the baseball right. so much. It's a community, you know. It is. It is. You're right. And so, uh, for the guy I was with, said um, he said, "Oh, there's you know, you're going to want to meet uh, you know the uh, there's a nun." Who Shall I show you the picture of the guy you were with? It was me. <laughs> I thought you would jump in, but you were a little it's slow okay. there. I, I give you the cue and I'm waiting. I didn't want to step on you. I'm sorry. No, I was. You were supposed to jump in, but that's okay. So, so he lobbed that one up there for you. Yeah, you know. Better head to North Memorial. Hanging curveball, and I'm the guy who hasn't slept in like four days. So, here we go. Um, so you know, oh, you, you got to you know, you got to meet sister, whatever, whatever sister. I can't remember her name. She's ninety, and she gives massages. And she gives massages, and so. Oh yeah, in the chair. She yeah, got her own chair. Yeah. So she walks over to us, and she's giving me this beatific smile, right? And the only thing I could think of to say was, "Don't touch me, sister." <laughs> <laughs> Which was a good line. She understood that, didn't she? Yeah, it was. It was a blurt more than anything. A blurt. Now, now yes. speaking of charities, you're involved in something pretty special that we've talked about on the yeah. show before, but it it, it bears repeating. Yeah, thanks. Think, yeah, so I, I I run. Yeah, I I started a thing called the Thirty Days Foundation in 2011, and it, it assists uh, Minnesota families and individuals that are in real life financial crisis. And when we make a grant, uh, it doesn't go to the person; it goes to the service provider that requires the payment so it's you know things like you know storage unit bills and electricity bills and back rent and security deposits and medical bills car repairs all that really boring stuff that when you start falling behind in that stuff that's when families get in a lot of trouble because it always starts with you know one or two things that turn into ten things um, so since 2011 uh, I've I've done this and we're getting close to 110,000 grants that we've done since 2011 wow. all across the state of Minnesota and it's it's an amazing it's a very unique charity 
Um, and we have a, over 60 different charities around the state that reach out to us when their clients have, you know, they've done everything they can do for their clients, but their, their client may need something more. So it's not everything, but, but most people don't need everything. They just need a couple of things. To, so they don't need everything. And that's really what we specialize in. So when we have the funds to do that, we can move very well, quickly. It's a really cool idea. It's, a, it's like it's better to do a little now than have to do a lot later. It's right? actually a really, I was so surprised that no one had thought of it. So I mean, this is back in MySpace days. I was, I went, did somebody think of this? Yeah. Because it seems to make so much sense and nobody really had in the way that I, was, that I set it up. That anybody could ask if you're a resident of Minnesota, you don't need to be a certain certain economic level because people, middle class, high class people, you know, high income people, when they get in, in debt, <clears throat> there's no services for them, but they still could get evicted. Yeah. They still could get their car repossessed because things like that happen because of things that don't, right. you can't plan for. A spouse gets sick. Whatever. What if you know? a guy hypothetically got behind on his boat payment? Yeah. <laughs> Do you cover that? Yeah, that's a, that's an, that's, that. that's the maritime version of the Thirty Days Foundation <laughs> yeah, that I need maritime. to start. But yeah, we're we're actually doing a really fun free event on at the Chart House in Lakeville on Sunday, September twenty fifth. Uh, I'm calling it. The, it's the Human Catnip Trifecta. It's called Bingo, Bean Bags, and Burgers, and it's free. And it's at the Chart House from 4 to 7 um, on sun Sunday, September 25th. If you want to play bingo, it's 20 bucks. If you want to do beanbags, unlimited both, it's 20 bucks. The proceeds go to the 30 Days Foundation. I think it's going to be really fun. Just yeah, a very you know. kind of an open house kind of a thing. People find out about the 30 Days Foundation, uh, have some nice burgers outside in that gorgeous patio. It really is a beautiful it's place. A beautiful I'm glad place. that it I remember it back in the 80s as this it was a spectacular dinner club and then kind of yeah, started to, it, 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 it needed, needed some, some love. help it needed some love and Briano's came in and, and they've really just it's stunning there now it's a gorgeous space inside <clears throat> and out so we've never done this event before I have no idea how many people might show up could be 500 could be 50 I don't know it's free we've never done it but I think you know those three things are bingo bean bags and burgers there it it is human catnip nobody people love <laughs> all those things yeah. so you know you've raised more money for charity than elon musk that's true yeah oh, you got that's that true right that's true well, he's only worth a quarter of a trillion well, what yeah, do you want from him exactly <laughs> a quarter of a trillion dollars and, and what, what would happen if he got sick yeah you see know? he needs so the he, money he can't be just yeah. giving out money doling out no how many billionaires are there in this country? That's why we got an email from Shmilan that... yesterday. It was a Shmilan. Shmilan. Hi, my name is Shmilan. Uh, <laughs> the guy that uh, founded Patagonia gave it away today. He gave it away. Yep. Yeah. To uh, yeah. Uh, I saw that. Yeah. What do you mean he gave it away? He gave the company away. Really? Yeah. It's For... going to be run by uh, a trust that invests in environmental uh, activities. Wow. And one of the you know one of the world's most prominent billionaires died just a week ago in England. Ah, ah yeah, I see. What ah. are you talking about? She, she was give and give give. She was only really though worth like I think they said like 
three four billion. Three four billion. And yeah. didn't, today, that wouldn't get you on the top fifty list. Oh all. God, not even close. I mean, yeah. in the U.S., it wouldn't it get would. you in the top ten in Minnesota. <laughs> Probably well, not. Close. Yeah, you're right. God, billionaires. It's yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> well, at least you know. You know, the, the great thing about being a billionaire is you don't have to pay taxes. Yeah, well, exactly. So, well, that's, that's, that's what they great. said. Charles or Charles the Third, King Charles the Third, mm-hmm. now is the, you know, benefactor or the the person managing that. No taxes. Nope, no taxes. Yeah. And but he she did had pay a, taxes. She did. He she, didn't. He, he had, didn't. He, yeah. he had a, built up a fortune of his own. Like over a billion dollars. Uh, yeah. And now he's down to what seven fifty because he has to switch over to hers. So he lost a quarter of a billion dollars just by taking the throw. You know, I think it's really, you know, there are people that are really <clears throat> don't understand the whole royalty no. monarch thing. But I I think that will never go away in, in the UK. Not in England. Not it, in England. You're they, right. It's, it's part of them. It's who they are. Yeah. You, there's no way that's going to change. No, they do love it. They love it. They do. It's true. I, matter of fact, I ran into a, a British couple when I was at Martha's Vineyard. We were in Edgartown, and we ran into a British couple. But they both said it's time to wrap that up. Yeah, they don't like it. Yeah. There are some people, but most Brits I think love yeah, they're, they're, it, that's a minority. It I is think a minority, most people. Definitely. I just was love totally it. puzzled by the torrent of, of uh, media coverage because yeah, I never, I, I probably haven't read a hundred words about the royal family in my lifetime. Well, that one I wrote to you was only two words. I wrote, I saw her picture and wrote, you nice hat. <laughs> that girl had some hats, man. She did have some Holy hats. God. I mean, I had to go to Wikipedia. Yeah. To to find out, you know, something about Queen Elizabeth. Yeah, I don't know. What, what I found that. out was that she could host, uh, like, over 2,000 people at a time. Uh, you could play uh, over, thanks to her, you could play uh, shuffleboard. Um but what really amazed me was that she could stay afloat for like three months at a time. It's unbelievable. It's, it's a, such a huge ship. Yeah. Ooh, that's the other part of it. <laughs> I shouldn't call her a ship, ship I guess. I, yeah, you're right. I probably shouldn't. I didn't go anywhere, did I? <clears throat> no, you I re- like You it. really haven't slept very much, have you? <laughs> well, in, in my lifetime? Or? Nice guy. Collectively? Or <laughs> feel of that one. Nick, i got to ask you a question personally. <clears throat> yeah. Because I just finally watched it. I held off and held off because it was way too long. Um... What did you think of Elvis? Did you see the movie? No, I haven't oh, seen haven't it, seen it yet. yet. No, I, I haven't seen it yet. I really did. The did clips looked, looked God, amazing. Was very good. I thought the kid was really, really good. He looks thought, stunning. They found thought, the one person who was actually better looking than Elvis. He is looking, isn't he? He is crazy and good a looking. Great he is. Singer. Yeah. Just terrific. No question. But My wife, Michelle, says, I wish you could have died a half hour earlier. <laughs> it's true. That's pretty Two funny. hours and ten minutes would have yeah. been great. It was yeah. the, it was the English patient Elvis movie. It yeah, took, well, took too long. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. See, I thought Tom Hanks was horrible. I thought he was terrible. Well, well I, I, I had no idea. Yeah. It was yeah. a weird accent, but I didn't know it, that story at all. Oh, I you just, didn't? I thought Colonel Tom Parker was just I, like I tell you Colonel what, Sanders. The, the, book, the quintessential book Kentucky. to read about Elvis is called Elvis by Albert Goldman. Did you guys read that book? Oh, yes. Right after Elvis passed away? God. It was one of the saddest things I've ever read. Yeah. You just read that thing and you go, that poor son of a bitch had no chance. No, he had no chance. He had no, no chance. chance. And that's a lot of people in your business and my business. Man, people and money, they will run right over you for five If you don't have someone in your life saying no, yeah. you're done. You're and, done. And you Albert done. didn't write happy books. No. <laughs> no. That's true. That's and a good he was, point. he was, uh, yeah. my it's, buddy it's Neil brutal. Carlin, 
talks I about. I like Neil. How's Neil? Uh, Neil's good. good. He's, he's good. Yeah, you? he's he's uh, you know, of course, his his Prince book did very well. Yep. And uh, but he was telling me some stories about Albert Goldman because he he kind of knew the guy a little bit in New York. Oh, okay. And uh, it's uh, it's not a pretty story. It's all no, crazy. are there any pretty <laughs> stories anymore in that business? Well, this Probably one's. Not. I mean, somebody, the only person who could really do a, I think, do justice to Albert Goldman's uh, autobiography would be Albert Goldman. Yeah. yeah. Because it would really be tragic. <laughs> a lot of tragedy, baby. Yeah. But I agree with your friend. Couldn't you die a half hour earlier? <laughs> yeah. That's, can't take you to the time, Elvis, but. Uh, yeah. it, was, it was way too long. Two hours and 40 minutes. That's a long time. Yeah, but I agree with you. Elvis was phenomenal. Yeah. That guy was really yeah. good. So did, did you see Licorice Pizza yet? No, I heard it's really good, though. Yeah. i got to watch I it. I heard that's really good, too. I thought it was terrific. Yeah. I do. You, you recommended it, and I will definitely watch it on your recommendation. Because most movies right now are not very good. No, I don't recommend many movies. Jesus. Is that out on one of the services? Or do you have to see it in the theater? Or I think what? that one was actually in the theaters. It was yeah. in the theaters. Yeah. But I don't know if it is available well, now. I, I watched it free. On Amazon Prime. Oh, well, there you go, Amazon Prime. Oh, there it is. That's where we'll go. And basically, the premise of the movie is. Oh man, it's it's like it's it's. it's you got licorice. It touches. And you got pizza. It touches yes. on a lot of things, but it it really mocks four the. Hours. Uh, it mocks California culture. Good. It's. Uh, I'm in. It's a. It's, <laughs> it's, it's 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 there's there's naturally there's a love story, uh, but it's not really. It's it just sort of ties everything together. The love story happens to be between like a 25 year old woman and a 15 year old boy, but there's no sex. There's no sex. Well, like, that's a good thing. Yeah. It actually kept Mike up. Well, it was like the story <laughs> of my wait. life. Yeah. <laughs> no sex. No sex. No sex at all. <laughs> it rang true. <laughs> it rang true because of the no sex. I can empathize. <laughs> I uh, honestly. So, is there? Does it lean Italian because of the licorice and the pizza? Well, Licorice Pizza was a uh, what was it? Was it a bar? I think it was a bar in. Oh, so it was a in LA. They used to call yeah. Records albums Licorice Pizza. Licorice Pizza. They I did. didn't know that. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. The, the Italians love calling it Licorice Pizza. Oh, yeah. wow. That's why I thought it was about music or something, but it's no, not. It's, it's, See, we it's, learned something it's today. It's funny, and it's it's a hip. It's uh, even though it is uh, it's set in like 1970, 1970 oh, okay. Hollywood for the most part. But it's just it's just very funny. The acting's great. The I can't remember the name of the director, but he's done all sorts of great stuff. Yeah, I did. It is. It's a, you're right. The director's a very very big time guy. Yeah. No doubt about it. Yeah. Yeah. That California. That just came up yesterday. As a matter of fact, somebody brought up about I don't know 20 years ago. Uh, Dave Hamilton and I, because Dave was still program director at KQ at the time, we got a call. Uh, they wanted us to come out. To KLOS in Los Angeles, right? Mm -hmm. They wanted us to go work out there and all the rest of it. So Kath and I hopped on a plane and flew out and met everybody and went around and blah, blah, blah. And Dave came separately and he did his part. And so we're leaving. And I said, I, I don't want to live here. You know, it's, yeah. it's just not my kind of place. Great radio station back in the day. It'd be quite an honor to work in the second largest market in America, but I already worked in New York, so who cares, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I said, what am, how am I going to tell Hamilton this, that I don't want to come here because it was a package deal? He and I would go together. Oh, wow. I said, I don't know how I'm going to tell him I don't want to come. As I'm talking to Kath, my phone rings, and Dave goes, I'm not moving to L.A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Honest God, what a coincidence. I was like, no. Yeah, I, I don't. 
I've never. I spent time in L.A. Have you spent a lot of time in L.A., Mick? No, just you know, two or three weeks. And it, it's just not my kind. It was of fine. Place. It did not. It's me okay. Out. Yeah. yeah, it's not that it's horrible. Or you get out of L.A. and like get down to San Diego and that whole yeah. area down there. That's a whole other scene. It but is, yeah, if you want to sit yeah. on the highway, great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there is that. What's yeah. the 405? Is it that's the big one? Yeah. Yeah. The 405, you just sit there for hours on end and stare at doubt into the... Even at 11 o'clock at night, they have traffic jams. Yeah, they do. It's yeah, they do. Who needs it, right? I was bumper to bumper with James Gandolfini. Oh, really? oh God, I loved him. Yeah. I just, by coincidence, just I just started Sopranos over again from episode one, uh, baby. Oh, how cool. Oh, my God, that show's you know, funny. You know what, I mean, there's thousands of amazing scenes, but the one that kills me every time <laughs> I see it is when Anthony gets out of jail after trying to kill his uncle mm-hmm. in the mental uh, ward right. and he goes you know you're such a hypocrite you know every time we see the godfather you you cheer and 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 and, and tony goes anthony you, you make me want to cry that's a movie <laughs> it's just a movie. You got to grow up. And it was like, oh my god, it's, it's so sad. It's that so. Show. Oh, you, oh it's seriously, that is one of the best shows ever made. It's it, absolutely. David Chase, executive producer of that bad boy. But James Gandolfini died at fifty-six. Mm. Yeah, that's crazy. He's only fifty-six. He had a heart attack. Right? Yeah, on the four hundred five. Well, I think it was on the four hundred five. On the four hundred five. Cocaine induced, wasn't it? I mean, if you have well, a. You, you don't, don't have, have to throw them under the bus. I mean, just a little medical advice. This is new research. That yeah. If you have a bad ticker, cocaine is really not not going to help you. Yeah, this is true. Probably don't want to be It'd much be overweight like either. One lunged people that smoke. It's just wow. it doesn't work very well. No, you're you right. probably yeah. had about the, the the ten deadly habits. He de- oh he definitely did. <laughs> yeah. The drinking, the smoking, the eating, the all of eating. Not a lot of exercise. Everything. No, not a lot, a lot of, of exercise. tension, a lot of aggression. You, you can name it. I loved I loved the films that he did. Uh, you know, past Sopranos. That yeah. film he did oh, with yeah. Julie Louis Dreyfus. Yep. Yep. Oh, really amazing. Did. And then the Where the Wild Things Are. Did you ever see that? Yes, I did. That was I recently we rewatched Get Shorty, which I just love. Yeah. Just a, but and he plays a hitman in that. Yeah. Named Bear. Yeah. Just great. Did, it's, it's great. did his son uh aren't they doing a, a prequel? His son did uh, the Princess of uh Newark. Or no, what, yeah. what was it? Kind of like the uh, prequel of the Princess of Something like that. Something Newark. You're right. Yeah. Something Newark. Yeah. But my favorite thing about his character, Tony Soprano, James Gandolfini, somebody, hey, Tony, we got to go. This is this new business. We'll take it over. We'll make so much money. It's going to be unbelievable. I'm telling you, I studied the whole thing. We'll make so much money. You ain't going to believe it. And Tony Soprano goes, who the hell do you think you are, Albert Weinstein? <laughs> He never got anybody's oh. name right. Never. Maybe that was on purpose. Albert Weinstein. <laughs> I was laughing like that. That's great. Nobody's name was ever correct. <laughs> Isn't that great about about culture, though? You look back, whether it's music. We talked about venues and, and watching television, listening to the radio and stuff. What the hell would people do without media? How the hell did they ever get by without media back in the day? Yeah. Bards. They're always yeah. in entertainment. I mean, it's just being well, yeah. a human. Yeah. I remember when people read, though. That's yes. true. Yeah, like uh, When I think of, of stories about L.A., I think of the Day of the Locust. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. Which, to me, is the greatest story of all time yeah. about, about L.A. You're right about that. It's Jesus. funny. You uh, go back to the good old days when people were reading, but if you keep going, then people weren't reading because they were illiterate. <laughs> 
They were all in the very sick looking. So we, yeah, so we're just back at uh, ground zero. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I miss those days. Yeah. The illiteracy yeah. days? Yeah. The uh, illiteracy days. Well, they're they're back. <laughs> I will tell you that. Oh, with a vengeance. Sixty, I think it's sixty-six percent of Minneapolis-St. Paul students, uh, twelve to like seventeen, cannot read. That what is, was that? It's they can't read at grade level. Like 60, they can't read they can't at grade, read grade level. level. Oh, okay. Yeah, they could read. I don't it's doubt it at all. Sixty-six percent. Inexcusable. What are they teaching in our schools? Very little. I mean, how do you not know how to read when you're 15 years old, for Christ's sake? Well, not to mention, so much is like the internet, which is all reading. It's all reading, you would yeah. think, anyway. I suppose if you're just watching TikTok. reels TikTok yeah, all day, then that's not that's reading true. at all. So. Or Facebook. I suppose, yeah, oh, there God. is. Which yeah. really is not an exercise in literacy. No. I haven't been on those sites in nine years now. Facebook, it's where people get their news. It, oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Absolutely. There's no, there's no shift or, or like... It doesn't lean one way or the other too much. Everything is about politics now. Well, yes. Facebook is, is a great example. You know, you say you're in the middle, but there's nothing in the middle on Facebook. No, no. no well, there's not on the national news either. Well, you don't get clicks no. if you stay in the middle. It's boring. Where the hell would you go to get, like, an even keel opinion on any news story? Is there anybody? I try to go to the BBC World Report, but that even that, you know, leans. It is the best news show, though. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, and it's, of course, certainly it's see the more stories there that you, you don't see anywhere else in BBC World News. The only news, thing about sure. BBC World knows, News is they make, they don't come out and say it, but they really think Americans are stupid. Because <laughs> when they report the stories, it's like, but, uh, but all American. we're talking Joe about is, Biden today. That's all we're talking about is, is how Americans are stupid. Yeah. So yeah. Why oh, yeah. They? You're right. You're absolutely right about that. Yeah, Americans are all stupid, and we don't, yeah, other than the fact that we pay for everything. But other than that, everything's good, right? No, I'll click, I'll click over both sides of the coin. I'll see what are they talking about here. Yeah. And then I, it's like, yep. okay, mm-hmm. let's see how they're responding. Nothing. Very. Not even close. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I, so I just like, give, I give up. You know, I'm just going to get on my boat and go swimming. If you're fascinated by aliens, ghosts, cryptid creatures like Bigfoot, then I have the show for you. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Each week, we investigate different claims of the supernatural, bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world. Listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Tune in Pocket Casts, Deezer, Amazon Music, Audible, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. And we are back with Stretch's Picks. You know, Tom, uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks. Yeah. And uh, I highly recommend betting, of course. I always recommend betting. Yeah, absolutely. So who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. I know, but it's a hell of an HVAC company. They do the most thorough system tune-up in the industry. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. It's also the smartest time to call and schedule your furnace tune-up with Sabre. Get the most thorough tune-up in the industry from the people who keep my home comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SaberHeating.com. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate. And when I heard the Shift story, it made sense to me. 
It made sense to my kids, and it makes sense to pretty much everybody that's heard about them. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees. How do they do it? Shift lists for a flat fee of $5,000. You work with a full-time salaried agent. They take professional photos and videos of your home, list it on the MLS, and market your home online, all for a $5,000 flat fee. Call Shift Real Estate and tell them about your home. Tell them that you heard me talking about it, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more when you list with Shift. It's the common sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com. That's Shift, the number two, Sell.com. Because life is expensive enough. Are human beings being taught to not enjoy one another's company to not i mean i talk all the time about the mm-hmm. fact that i do this show with my wife my son my daughter our friends come in it's just i love this yeah, yeah. most mm-hmm. people don't give a rat's ass about family no anymore. it's 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 love a few and hate everyone else yep. and hate everyone exactly. else yeah why do you want to hate people it takes a lot out of you to hate yeah people, it's, it? it's very hard on you yeah i would think so i don't know why you want to do that I guess that's why I think music is such a, a great Absolutely. Threat. You take everything else and one song at a yep. time, you just kind of say, this is what we're going to be focusing on and taking mm-hmm. the divisiveness out. And um, and that's kind of what we're trying to do uh, with Good our move. mission is to say, let's get people together and actually Love it. listen and work with each other versus doing this and not looking up. Well, and, you know, my partner in Mixerly Presents, John John Scott, yep. you know, he has the... He, Trademark that phrase. Music keep keeps the peace, peace one hour at a time. Yeah, love it. That's that's what it is. Thank you, John, for that. That's one. A, that's a good phrase. So I it think makes that sense. That's that's why there's always going to be a room for good music. And yeah. So I thank you for that. But why is it that every time I go to a concert that I've really been waiting for, there's someone standing. Now, of course, you can't sit at a concert anymore. There's someone standing right next to me singing along with the band. Oh, yeah. (laughs) There's a great SNL skit. It had to be 20 years ago when Will Ferrell was on there. They're at a Van Morrison concert, and Victoria Jackson is in the seats right in front of them, standing up and flailing her arms around (laughs) the whole time. It's really really funny. I've, I've been to Van Morrison concerts like, you know, 40 years apart. And the more recent ones, I would welcome someone doing that like could you stand in front of me so i can't see this sourpuss (laughs) (laughs) i saw him at northrop probably 10 years ago it was one of the quietest best sounding concerts i ever heard we were in like the 10th row it couldn't have been 85 or 90 db but it was like he had headphones on well i mean i have to do a natural leading because i'm doing i'm doing my van morrison show on Mm. sunday Ah. on the 18th at chardos live and the reason i wanted to do that show was because the the van morrison show that i saw at target center it was with taj mahal and john lee hooker and van Quite possibly the worst concert I've oh, ever seen. Absolutely, I've, I've never seen, a, and I love. You, Van yeah, so you saw that show too. Yeah, it was so. He made me feel bad for buying a ticket to go see him. Yeah, he was so. He just did not want to be there. But what? So, but that's the that's the bad board Van Morrison. When you get the great Van Morrison that wants yeah. to do it, he's yep. unbelievable. We just caught him on a bad night. But that's I want to see. I want to do the show that I actually wanted to see yeah. that night at Target. Center. Well, you said the same thing, and actually, our, we debuted the Elvis Costello show yeah. at uh, at the Chan, and the people that were there uh, were coming out and saying, "This is the show I wish I would have seen." When I saw Elvis, I actually walked out of Elvis's show. Oh, really? Because the wow. sound was horrible. Not our show, but the one that was right. done. 
and because the sound was just horrible. And but the wonderful thing about this show that we're going to be doing on Monday on Joyful Noise is that this is the show that not only you wanted to see, you created, but this is the show that people are really going to yeah, think, I hope so. think good things about the music in the Elvis. Yeah, so his, so his when I was a young incredible. cab driver, I picked up these three people from the UK and we're driving downtown. I'm looking in the rearview mirror and I said, I know you, you're a musician. He goes, oh, I don't think you've ever heard of me. He says, well, you know, a friend of mine, he just played me your record yesterday or the day before and it was terrific and I can't remember, it's you're not Elvis Presley, and his eyes lit him. He goes, fuck you, yeah, Adam. Is Elvis Costello nice to meet you? Wow. <laughs> and, and he was playing at the Longhorn. <clears throat> the Longhorn. Oh, wow. Yeah. Legendary oh, Longhorn. It, it was like his first yep. tour of the U.S. Yeah. Yep. Was, you know, my aim is true. It just broken big. Oh, the songs are incredible. And, yeah. and I went to the show. It was like three bucks to, yeah. to oh, see God. Elvis Costello with the effing Longhorn. It was oh, yeah. Well, that when the police three. played there. They all played there. Yeah, yeah they did yeah, in those police's days. Yeah, the first tour was there, and then the second one was uh, um, First Avenue. Yeah. There's a really cool documentary about that somewhere yes. out there. Yes, I've heard it's really good. Yeah. About the Longhorn? It's, it's okay. It's, it, it's cool for you guys to dig it because it really focused more on local acts than right. the big national ones. Uh, but it, it's really cool. Yeah. It's, no, I'm going to go home and listen to John Lee Hooker. It's your fault. Yeah. I loved John <laughs> Lee He was Hooker. cool. God, I loved him. Taj Mahal was cool, but Van God, was yeah, not good. Van was in a bad mood that night. <laughs> That's going to happen. Just didn't want to well, be there. When he doesn't want to be there, he just sings in a monotone. He does. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't even really sing a song. That's too bad. No, it was, it was disappointing. He lets you know, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Trivia question. What's his real first name? Ooh. I don't know. Ivan. Ivan Morris. Really? So instead of, you just take the eye off and yep. that's oh, where you get the van. Yeah. A lot of musicians and famous people who would have been much better off keeping their real first name. You know, like Jackson Brown, Clyde. Is there Clyde a better Brown, name baby. than Clyde? Clyde, Clyde Brown. Brown. Yeah, that's a great oh, cool. name. I didn't know that. <clears throat> yeah. Look Clyde's at what we're learning. Name. Finally, after 85 minutes. <laughs> we're getting get a bunch of meat. knowledge here. My son Tucker had a band that he would rehearse in the basement. And he had two two of the guys' names were Joe Johnny and Joey Chavez. And they both said, Mick, we want to change our name. I said, you want to change your name from Joey Chavez and Johnny Chavez? Those are the greatest rock and roll names of all time. Yeah, <laughs> Don't you change your name, yeah. trust me. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. Joey. Well, I think Joey wanted to be Johnny and vice versa. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Forth, that could be. Want to change your first name. <laughs> right. so my, that's more of a, a brother thing. <laughs> my favorite John Lee Hooker lyric, it's a three-beat. It was a song called Kick Hit For Hit Kicks You. That was the name of oh, it. Oh, cool. Great song. And he starts out, he goes, I want to tell you a story. About two friends of mine, whom I know. <laughs> I love that so much. Whom I know. Okay, John Lee Hooker. God, I love him so much. That is a great. Just, you got to listen to such a great two song. Two friends anyway. of mine. It's about Janis Joplin and Jimi Hendrix. Whom I know. Whom I. Two friends of mine. Whom I know. And by the by the way, he also goes. The one and only Jimi Hendrix, 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 and Janis Joplin. He knows Tony Soprano. Yeah, he knows Tony Soprano. That's right. I'm going to do that. Aren't you a friend of mine whom I know? Whom I know. Now that I think about it, he calls her Bunny Ray. He's my good friend, Bunny Ray. Bunny Ray, yeah. It's not Bunny Ray, it's a Bunny Ray. That's John Lee Hooker all the way right there. That's true. Otis Redding had that same Oh, God, I loved him. Oh, so good. Loved him. Otis Redding. 
God, there's so much talent. Isn't that sad? All, all talent that dies young, like he did. Was it a, a plane crash? Plane crash. Yeah, yeah. It was a plane crash. How old yeah. was he? You think my senior he year was in, in the, high school. Wasn't he in the Twenty Seven Club too? Otis. I think, Otis. I think he was. Might have been. I think he I thought is. he was like thirty-five. All right. No, no, Andy's he, was, cool. he was young. Q. Andy's cute. I think he died in '67. I think it was. He was 26. Otis Redding was only 26. 26. When he died. I feel like there was a lot of musician plane oh, crashes in that era. Yeah, well, there were I he several. Was well, Ricky Nelson. He sounded old. He was 26. Yeah, you got that right. I was. I was 16 years old, I believe, and got my first taste of really great soul music. Driving, driving my dad's car. Oh, really? And I'm, I'm listening to KUXL. KUXL, 1570, baby. I'm driving down the road, and for the first time in my life, I hear Otis singing Try a Little Tenderness. Oh. Had to oh. pull over. Had to oh, pull over. Could not drive. Wow. Okay, I can't say the whole thing, but I had a, we're driving around one day when KUXL first came on the air, 1570 AM, KUXL, yep. with Pharaoh Black. Oh, yeah. Remember yes. the disc jockey, Pharaoh Black? Yep. Wow. And I won't say the whole thing, but I'm driving, I'm riding in the car. My friend driving is a black man in America today. He goes, Tommy, Tommy, do me a favor. Get that KUXL, get that new radio station, man. It's got a lot of great R&B on it. Mm. That's what we called it soul music back then. Yep. He said, get that, thing. see if you can find it. So I'm tuning around. He said, I said, you know where it is? He that's at the top of the dial somewhere. So I tune in the station. He goes, yeah, I think that's it. That's it. Leave it. It was in commercial, right? Mm. And all of a sudden you hear... You and your family can get a great rate and fly to Hawaii. And he goes, change the channel. Ain't no big ends going to Hawaii. (laughs) (laughs) No, I will never forget that. The commercial that always stands. The commercial that always stands out on my mind from KOXL was, "Don't be a stiff. Go to Cliffs. Go to Cliffs. Don't be a stiff. Go to Cliffs." God, what that a era. show this was, man. You only got five minutes to go. Man. This thing burned through. I think we're back on Otis Redding. If I remember right, he had recorded, but it had not. But Dock of the Bay hadn't been released yet when he No, you're right. Yeah. right. That's right. I think they released it the next week. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right about that. That was a very, very, well, my God, everybody died. Like you said, Janis Joplin died. Jimi Hendrix died. Otis Redding died. All these people just kept dying. Yeah. And you hear, you know, like Sinatra does Charlie Lowell Tenderness, you know, yeah. just with acoustic guitar. How they came up with that version? That song is yeah. really old. Yeah. yeah, that's a very, very old song. But he just completely owned it. Yeah. Oh, God, His yes. version is it. I loved it. Otis Redding. That's yep. twenty six. Twenty six. He sounded older. He was older than that too. Yeah, yeah he, he just sounded, sounded like older. He was 40. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, what other true. what other radio cool radio stations back in that day? Because I I remember seeing U one hundred, WAYL. It went through a couple of different changes. Yeah, it did. Um. But uh, I don't remember it. KUXL. KUXL, 1570 AM. Was it always a soul station or did it always, switch over? Yeah. Okay. No, it was always, yeah. I don't even think it exists anymore at all. I don't think all. so. They probably donated it to a church. That's what most of those yeah, AM right, stations Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'll tell you something. Favorite Sad, black. My wife just got a new car. It's an electric Volkswagen. And it's really cool, but the tech on it is just, it, the learning curve is like this. To, I you bet. Know, how do you do this? But I figured out the voice command, and so you can just tell it what radio station you want to play on. Dials up, and for some reason, I wanted to listen to CCO, and stopped. Couldn't find it. Blah blah blah. So I, later on, I go into the settings. It had FM, it had Sirius, it had internet radio, no AM. Oh wow! <laughs> oh yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it, interesting. It, that's a sign, I think. That's yeah. not a good uh, sign no. for the, those people. It can't no, cost uh, more than four cents to have that band programmed into a, basically a well, So why didn't they insist they do it? That's what I don't get. I yeah. If you own FM stations, why wouldn't you say you got to put the AMs on yeah. there, too? I would probably don't have so. any poll. Well, they're probably just saying go to our online version. Or that, yeah. yeah. I mean, every one of these places, I'm sure. I'm sure WCCO has oh, like I'm an sure online. Oh, I'm sure you can stream it. Yeah. Oh, you can stream it somewhere, I'm sure. That is one right thing about, about you know, when you're doing your presets in your car. You're going to have a hard time yeah. filling up those AM presets. Well, it's Unless you speak Spanish. Right. Uh, well, or, you know, because what happened was they, they didn't, uh, the, the whole AM stereo thing didn't catch on. Remember that? They were going to do AM oh, yeah. stereo for yeah. a while? The uh, fidelity of AM is just not really, it's not suitable for anything but speech, and that kind of radio has definitely fallen off. Yeah. I think podcasting killed it. Was it was just reversed. It was reversed back in the day. That's where you got your music was AM, and FM was uh, kind of left to, right. to be the... Well, yeah, that was like the new right. technology that Avant-garde. no one really understood. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's where. That's why KQ stations like that could play, you know, mm-hmm. Alice's Restaurant and the longer versions of that, well... I mean, it was it was definitely. Oh yeah. That was the new new the deep push. Cuts. The deep deep cuts. Yeah. 1969 KUXL R&B Radio radio host and DJ Jackie Harris. Jackie Harris, right here, 1570 AM, mm-hmm. uh, and they they make a point of it that apparently Minneapolis-St. Paul was the last major market to have an R&B station. Wow. Okay. The last yeah, that's one right. In the I remember hearing that. Yeah, it's the last and one. And they played country. like. They're, they did play some white artists, and doing covers of black songs. Very few. Well, they, <laughs> yeah, no, probably, they did. The, yeah. It was it was the Rascals, and the Righteous Brothers. Sure, oh, right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can yep. see that. God, this is just looking at this it brings me back, baby. I'll tell you. I'll always remember that that ad I heard when I was a kid. It was a club in St. Paul, that was trying to get people to come to it. Yeah, and. I think it will actually was the owner of the place, and at the end of the and the thing because it's so difficult for people for, to, from Minneapolis to go to St. Paul, the guy goes, "Hey, it's just the river, not the Berlin Wall." <laughs> That's awesome. I just thought that was you so frustrated he had to get it out. <laughs> but it's true. I never understood that because I've always loved to go to St. Paul. By yeah. the time I was a teenager, yeah. people will not go to St. Paul, and they will it's, not come to Minneapolis no, from St. Paul. it's very interesting. No. The only time I hated being in St. Paul was when I lived in the river. So yeah, mad. really? You didn't like living there? Well, it weren't good years, you know. Nah, what are you going to do? That so, Tom, what was, you were at DGY from when to when? 1975 to 1975 and a quarter. Okay. <laughs> but, you, but, but when you got on the radio, it was WD. No, the way we dropped the W was just DGY. Because Ouija. Ouija and Bill Dill was before that. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. There's no question about it. I think I might be able to uh, find what you're talking about there. Oh, oh no. There it is. Thanks. <laughs> Here it comes. DGY. That is Dad, by the way. <laughs> Quick. Just a second, I'll be right with you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just, Just wait for it. Hey, you hit the post, man. Oh, it gets more extreme than that, believe me. Oh, oh, no, you gotta really play more. Don't yes. have to go. <laughs> I do. You guys can keep going. It's coming right up. Why did I sing along with the police? 
That is fantastic. I remember sitting. Now I know why you've always been afraid of yourself. Yeah, exactly. But those were back in the days before I started doing voiceover and had to take voice lessons. Yeah. Because I never opened my mouth any more than this one. I was like, yeah, man, we'll play that for you. WD. I did. I just honestly never opened my. You had to send that to me, Andy. That is fantastic. Oh, yeah. Send it to him, Andy. What a great idea. That's that's, that's embedded in my memory. It's burned in. Uh, I actually do have to go. Do you want to keep going? No, we got to no, we gotta go. It's, well, no, it's wonderful. You guys were amazing. Thanks for, for having us. Yeah. That was a great that was fun. Great fun. fun. Just zip by. So go to the boat, see Mick play. It's fun. Yeah, come on out to uh, riverboatstudio.com. Get some tickets for that show. It's going to be an amazing yep. time, and uh, you get to see the river and hear some great music. Yep. Charthouse Live starts tonight, and the 30 Days Foundation. Find out about both. Thank you. There you have it. Thanks, everybody. That wraps up another exciting episode of Walzer Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets. We'll see you next week. Thanks. Thanks.